We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Hey everyone, welcome to the Rotor Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Wednesday, it's January 3rd, it is 2023. We have a 10-game NBA slate to talk about here on today's podcast. Joined today by my buddy Keith Eister. Eyes 819 Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not too much. Uh, happy New Year. First time doing a show with you in the new year, so happy new year to you and everybody out there if you're you're just tuning in, but Decent night in the NBA streets going on tonight. Got a bunch of Sabonis left, a bunch of Franz Wagner left. So we'll we'll see how it turns out. But uh, pretty good night in the betting streets as well. Got got really lucky on a, a Valanchunas under. He had I was under twenty four and a half points and rebounds, and he had twenty three in like the third quarter and, and didn't come back in the game. So got pretty fortunate on that one. But pretty good night overall. Yeah, my DFS night's over. Um, very very high on Ingram. <laughs> uh that game just stunk like that game i i thought that was going to be one of the closest games that we were going to have on this slate um and it ended up being just very lopsided pelicans smashing the brooklyn nets and it crushed me on prize picks and some betting stuff as well um i was telling you pre-show like i have a chance to 
make a little bit of money in the betting streets if we can get Trace Jackson Davis over eight and a half assists and rebounds, and I think he's at like seven. So that'd be a lot of run bad if he doesn't get there. Yeah, but, just started in that game. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So um, we'll see how it all kind of plays out. But yeah, my DFS night is over. Um, really high on Ingram. I talked about it a lot on the podcast yesterday, and it just didn't work out. Um, so happens to us. But we get to get right back in the streets. I mean, we got a giant 10 gamer, a lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, as we always say, first look podcasts, it's a 10 game Wednesday slate. There is going to be news that we're not going to have here on the podcast. Um, stuff's going to change. So make sure you're paying attention. I know we have the um, situation room on Roto Grinders that gets updated throughout the day as far as injuries and stuff. So we're going to give you a first look. Make sure you're paying attention to the injuries because there's going to be some. I mean, it's as simple as that. So uh, let's jump in, get started here. We got Milwaukee at Indiana, 258 and a half total in this game. Milwaukee, a three and a half point favorite. Chris Middleton is on the injury report for a injury management left wrist sprain. He's questionable. Jay Crowder remains out. And then on the Pacers side, they got a lot of question marks here. Bruce Brown is questionable. Numhart is questionable, so we'll see how that kind of works out. The rest of everybody on the injury report is on the G League team. So let's start here with Milwaukee. Middleton being out is something to note, right? Like it's not just, you know, hey, Middleton's not playing. But like Middleton is a guy that plays 30 to 35 minutes a night. So that's 30 to 35 minutes against the Pacers. Um, I mean, that's the the thing that we're kind of looking at here. You know, Indiana still plays at the second fastest pace. Milwaukee plays at the fourth fastest pace. This is going to be one of the fastest paced games in the NBA. Definitely the fastest paced game that we're going to get on this slate with like Cleveland going into Washington, who like they play fast, but Cleveland does not. So what are we looking at here for the Bucks? Yeah, definitely monitoring the Middleton news. Um, like you, you kind of touched on it. It's, he's not playing 25 minutes anymore. Like he's getting 32 minutes pretty much every night. So that will boost up the rest of the guys. But the real story here is Giannis. I mean, we've seen this matchup a couple of times. Just saw it. Saw it a couple of weeks ago as well when he put up a monster game. I think that was his – he had 64 actual points in that game, something like 95 fantasy points. Just a beautiful matchup for Giannis. You mentioned the pace, and the Pacers allow among the most points in, in the paint in the NBA. So smash spot for Giannis, especially with Middleton out. Like he could just go absolutely nuts here, assuming that Indiana can keep the game close. Um, you mentioned the massive total. I believe it was over 260 uh, when they played the other day. Uh, it fell a little bit short of that, but Giannis still had a very nice game, put up 30 points, 18 boards, and 11 assists for 77 DK points. So, I mean, just, just another smash spot for Giannis. If Middleton sits, I think you can look a little deeper on this team. Um, I think Beasley's minutes would be super secure. He's a guy that they'll play 35 minutes anyway, um, but I think you can lock him in for upper 30s in this spot without Middleton. Portis should get a decent bump. Uh, a guy like Pat Connaughton could be useful at 3,900 in this type of game environment. Uh, if he can run into 20 plus minutes in this spot, like I think they would probably start Bochamp for Middleton. And I don't have a ton of interest in him just because he's so low per minute, especially when he runs with the starters. But a guy like Connaughton off the bench, super interesting to me. So just kind of looking at court IQ stuff, Lillard gets a huge bump with Middleton off the floor. So very rarely will I play Lillard at 8,800 
but I think this actually is a spot that we could potentially take some shots on Lillard. Giannis is the top play. He might be the top play on the slate. Um, yeah. Just overall, amazing spot for him here. Triple double, you know, kind of watching here for him. So, like him, I think Lillard's somewhat interesting in tournaments. The guy that I really, really like here is Bobby Portis. I hope people are game log watching his 18 minutes the other night. Got into foul trouble against the Pacers. Middleton might not play. I think Portis could see 30 minutes in this game if Middleton sits. And you give Bobby Portis 30 minutes, his ceiling's like 40 to 50 points. So he's the person I'm watching. I don't mind the the Connington call um, at 3,900 in this really fast-paced game, but he just he's kind of just been on the court. I mean, he just hasn't done much with it. So uh, he's getting minutes, and minutes always equal opportunity. But I'd be more likely to take shots on like a a guy like um, Bobby Portis. I like that. I like Brook Lopez too. We didn't mention his name, but six K. I think he's definitely playable in this matchup. Mention the the points in the paint struggles of the Pacers. Yeah, I don't ever hate taking shots on Lopez. But the thing is, like, he's not a guy that's going to get in there and bang it up. <laughs> I yeah, mean, he did <laughs> score thirty seven fantasy points against them the other night. Um, he had twenty actual. I think he had like twenty one actual points. Um. He's just a guy that's been racking up the blocks lately, too. So, uh, Pacers side of this game, I mean, like, Halliburton has just, he, he went on that, like, streak of just not doing well. And then, like, he's like, hey, remember, I'm on another level. Um, and it's just, it's funny because, like, a guy like Halliburton, he can light it up so, so fast in so many different ways. I think he's somewhat interesting here. Um, I'm struggling with the rest of this team. Like, I don't necessarily hate looking at some Pacers here, but like Buddy Heald has just kind of lost his role and I don't necessarily want to play him. Miles Turner, 7K. I think like it's it's Halliburton and it's Matherin for me. Um, I think we can look at Matherin in this spot, um, just kind of thinking about how the matchups will play out. Yeah, the return of Bruce Brown really hurts the secondary and tertiary pieces in the spot, in my opinion. Like, He's probably going to – like, they've been doing weird things with their starting lineup. I assume Bruce Brown jumps back in there and starts and plays 30 minutes or close to it, 28 minutes, which would really knock guys like Neesmith and Nemhard, who have been getting really good run here without Bruce Brown. Um, I do like the Matherin call still. He he should play off the bench, and he has a great usage rate off the bench. So 5,500 in a fast-paced game, I, I like the Matherin call. I, I don't really have any interest in these secondary pacers out, outside of just spending up for Halliburton and if you go out for Halliburton, it's really tough to play Giannis on the other side. So you, that's when you, you're probably looking at guys like um, Brooke Lopez or Bobby Portis to run back your Halliburton with. But definitely Halliburton first, and then everything else kind of depends. If Bruce Brown is in there, I don't have a ton of interest. We should mention that, like, Numhard left the game the other night and, like, TJ McConnell played 22 minutes. So if Brown and Numhard bullshit, TJ McConnell's 4K. Um, fast yep. pace up spot, a lot of assist opportunities in this game. So... I think that is another scenario to kind of watch if Numhard doesn't play here. Um, and like Brown, I think I'd want both of those guys to sit before I'd get into like playing TJ McConnell. A lot of risk playing TJ McConnell, but if they're going to give him like 20, 25 minutes, um, I, I think at 4K on a big slate like this, he's worth looking at. Um, he's a guy that is a really solid fantasy point producer um, per minute. All right, Washington at Cleveland. We we head out to the, the Cleveland side here, 239 and a half total. 
The Cavs are a nine, nine and a half point favorite here. Garland's out. Mobley's out. Um, Jerome remains out. And then on the Washington side, Gallinari is questionable. Doesn't really matter. Uh, let's go Washington first. Not the greatest matchup for Washington. Very spread out offense lately. The guy that I've been playing here from time to time is Gafford, but I don't necessarily love this spot for him. I just, I'm struggling to get any thoughts here on Washington against Cleveland. Yeah, kind of with you. Uh, Gafford has a really tough matchup against Jared Allen, who's been playing playing really well. They just don't give enough run to guys like Tyus Jones, Denny Avia, Jordan Poole has been playing like upper 20s minutes. Like if he was low 30s, I wouldn't hate shots on Jordan Poole, even in, even in a tough matchup, just because he can shoot so much. But if he's only going to play 26 minutes, it's really tough to have any interest here. Um, Kuzma is the most expensive of the bunch. He's probably my favorite just because I feel the best about his minutes. It's, I, I just don't have a lot of interest in the Washington side. I guess Poole is my my second look uh, because I'm not not convinced Jones is going to play more than 25 minutes either. So struggling to get to the Washington side myself, Kuzma's it would be the first option. Poole, because he's, his price is in the, the low 6Ks, is probably second. Let's go to the Cleveland side. I have way more interest in the Cleveland side of this game. And like when we have a big 10-game slate like this, I don't necessarily feel like I have to run it back. Um and that's kind of where I'm at with this Cleveland side. Love this spot for Jared Allen. If this game stays remotely close, I think Jared Allen just absolutely crushes here. Uh, Mitchell's 9,500. We could see him go for like 50 to 60 plus fantasy points in this matchup. He, I mean, he kind of excels in these like pace up spots. Then we get into like Levert, who has uh, three out of his last five games. He scored at least 40 fantasy points. He gets a pace up spot here. Struce is playing a ton of minutes. He's in a pace up spot here. So, like, I'm looking at some of these Cleveland players going, all right, I, I think I can get playing on some of these guys. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally with you on Jared Allen. I think he's one of the best plays on the slate. He's been absolutely smashing recently, and this is one of the best matchup for big men that you can get. Um, look at his rebound prop earlier. It's up at 12 and a half. He's been scoring a ton as well. So, 7,800 feels like an uncomfortable price for, for Jared Allen, but he, I mean, without Garland, he's been playing mid thirties minutes, which is, which is phenomenal. And it's an awesome matchup. So I love Jared Allen. I think Donovan Mitchell could find a ceiling as well in a fast paced game or pace up game at least. Um, and then Lavert is the other guy I'm looking at 6,400 minutes should be secure in the upper twenties with no Garland. So those three guys, I have a ton of interest. I, I don't know if I'm getting to Max Struess in the spot and then everybody else is really low, low usage. So Give me a ton of Jared Allen, enough Donovan Mitchell. Uh, and I, I don't know that Donovan Mitchell even comes in like super high owned because we have 10 games. We just talked about the awesome spot for uh, Giannis and Halliburton. Like, I think he's going to be down the list a little ways on spend ups. And, and I definitely want to get over the field on, on Mitchell. So I, I've actually been debating on whether I want to bet Allen's rebounding prop or if, his, if I want to bet his point rebound prop. Like, do you have a lean? Because his point rebound prop right now is 32 and a half and his rebound prop is 12 and a half. So they're saying 20 points, 12 and a half rebounds is kind of what they're the books are implying here. Yeah, I mean, that's a big point number for me on Jared Allen. I know he's been hitting it here recently. Without Garland, there's certainly more usage to go around. I just, I don't know that I trust him to shoot enough. It's certainly a fantastic spot. So I, I don't hate either one but I think I would lean slightly just to taking the rebounds. That's, that's actually what I have written down here. All right. We, we both have it written down. Um, 
That's fine. I just I, I wanted to talk it through too, um, just because like I I know we we strictly I, I mean we don't even strictly anymore talk just DFS, but I think it's always good to like you know when you have a guy like this in a spot like this. I mean, Washington's one of the best matchups in the league for centers, so I think it's good to like talk it out a little bit. You know, they're, they're a team that allows the most points per game to centers, and they're a team that allows the most rebounds per game to centers. So, like. Could Allen hit this number? I mean, yeah, he could score 30 actual points in this game. But yeah. I think, like, if you're looking for the best bet as far as, like, ROI is concerned, I think you're looking towards the rebounds because I feel like he's going to hit his rebound total at 12.5 way more than he's going to hit the 20, 20.5 point um, total here. So I think yeah, it's always good. good to talk that kind of stuff out. Definitely. All right. But, yeah, at, listen, Mitchell, Allen – yeah, Mitchell, Allen, Struess, Levert. I think Struess and Levert are both very cheap for this matchup in particular. Um, I think you could you could really take shots on either one of those guys, pairing them with Allen or Mitchell. All right, we got the Thunder at Atlanta back-to-back for the Thunder. Big win against Boston on Tuesday night for them. Um, let's check in. Oh, they did put a lineup, 248.5. The Thunder are one and a half point favorite here going into Atlanta, second end of a back to back. So we don't have an injury port for the Thunder on the Atlanta side. DeAndre Hunter remains out. Let's go Thunder first. SGA, uh, we talked about on the podcast so yesterday. We said, like, if you're going to play anybody from the Thunder, it's got to continue to be SGA. He continues to just do his thing, man. Uh, what are your thoughts here on the Thunder? Yeah, this Thunder team is, is really good. Um, shout out to them to beat Boston. Like, they're. They're for real, man. Like SGA is a legitimate superstar. Um, awesome matchup here against Atlanta, another fast-paced team. So I know it's a back-to-back for SGA, but I think you have to go right back to him in this spot. The other guy I have interest in is Josh Giddy. Like the I know the minutes aren't super secure. Um, I believe he played 28 minutes on Tuesday night. So he's still 5,900. I think that's a very fair price, even if he only if he's only playing upper 20s minutes, like he just isn't going to get the run to get up there for 30 but as long as he's above 25 i think you're i think you're safe here at 5900 in a very good matchup so i'll go right back to some giddy chet's always playable because of a ceiling um but he probably falls third in my my ranking of the thunder it's it's sga it's giddy and then a little bit of home run i think you could throw jalen williams in there as well yeah i mean we should mention like lou dort's minutes have been fantastic recently um it's just they've his price has caught up you know, like can't really take advantage of Lou Dort playing 30 plus minutes at 5k. Maybe he gets six, maybe he gets seven X here. Um, which I mean, seven X at 5k. I think no one, no one's mad about that. Like he goes out and scores 35 plus fantasy points. We're fan. That's fantastic. It's just like the price he was, I think 45 or 4,600 on, um, Tuesday slate. So like the price increases enough to like note. Um, so, so SGA is my favorite play here. My second favorite play is Jalen Williams. Um, this is a guy, he really struggled to get it going in that Celtics game. We always talk about like how shooters potentially struggle on the second end of a back-to-back. This could be one of those spots we see Giddy or Dort struggle a little bit more, and a guy like Jalen Williams drive the basket a little bit more, pick up some easy rebounds, hit those easy assists. So I have interest in Jalen Williams. My problem is like the price 7,300 is a tough price, but again, like love attacking that wing position against Atlanta, you know, especially with Deontre Hunter out. This is a team that allows a ton of fantasy points to wings. So 
I think this is a potential good spot for Jalen Williams. If you want to go the cheaper route with J- with Josh Giddy, um, I think, like I said, he's been playing better. You know, kind of what Keith was just talking about. So you hope that he continues and they give him the minutes. But um, the problem you're always worried about is like Josh Giddy's minutes just up and down this year. So uh, Atlanta, you got, you got Trey Young, you got Dejounte, you got Bojan. Um, the guy that I want to talk about though is Johnson. You know, this is a guy we talked about a ton to start the season now has come back and has played 35 and 37 minutes in the last two games. He's gone over 40 fantasy points. DK pricing has been fantastic this season as far as like catching up and, you know, pricing guys where they should be. Jalen Johnson's too cheap. If he's going to play 35 plus minutes. Completely agree with you. Um, 28 rebounds in the last two games. Dude, dude can just play. Um, and he, and he, Fills up the stat sheet as well. He added four assists in each of those games, uh, 24 points and 16 points. So, like, he's doing a ton. He's playing a ton. Love the Jalen Johnson call right there with you. Uh, Trey Young is definitely in play for ceiling. Can always always target him. Tough matchup here against Oklahoma City, but he's going to play upper 30s minutes. Um, I don't mind Capella in this spot. I know Okongwu is coming back, and he's missed a couple of games, but they've just been much more willing to roll uh, Capella out there for 28 to 30 minutes here recently. Uh, and, and if he's going to be out there a ton, we know he's going to rebound. Probably won't score much, but uh, 10 points or something like that you can throw in there. And then th- the upside for rebounds is like 15, 18 in this spot, I think, against Oklahoma City. So I don't mind Capella, but it's it's definitely Jalen Johnson first. Love that play. Think he's underpriced. Then it's Trey Young for the ceiling, and then Capella would be third. Yeah, and again, like we mostly talk DFS, but – kind of waiting to see like Jalen Johnson's point and rebound prop here because like have the books adjusted to him coming back and playing big minutes again. Um, if it comes in around like 27 to like 29, I think that is a number we want to kind of jump on his point rebound prop um, here, especially with like the thunder being on the second half of a back-to-back. I think this is going to be a really competitive basketball game. So just kind of wanted to throw that out there as well. Hopefully it comes in lower than that, and they really haven't adjusted, but I doubt it. Can't always get that lucky. Toronto at Memphis. This game has a 231.5 total. The Grizzlies, a one-point favorite in this one. Second end of a back-to-back for Minnesota. And then Toronto, as far as the injury report goes, they're good to go. We'll talk about the back-to-back for Memphis in a second. Let's start here with Toronto. Uh, What do we like here for the Raptors? Yeah, new rotation here after the trade. We saw uh, quickly jump into the starting lineup. Barrett started as well, but neither of them top 30 minutes. Uh, And their coach came out and kind of said they would work them in slowly. So I think you can, you have to be a little careful here. I think the the minutes are slightly capped on quickly and Barrett. They're still in play. I mean, quickly is getting a role boost from uh, coming over from New York for sure. Like if we would have got 28 minutes from quickly, in New York that like, we'd love that we'd be all about it. The price did get a a decent jump. He's all the way up to 6,400. So I'm just, I I think that's a little too much unless I know he's going to play like 32 minutes. And I'm, I'm just a little scared that they're going to take it easy on the new guys coming over from the Knicks and quickly and Barrett. So I probably stay away from them in the spot. Uh, Siakam played awesome with this bunch, which kind of thought he would take a, a, a little bit more of a backseat. Uh, from a usage standpoint, he did not. He put up 36 actual points again in a tough matchup against Cleveland. So I think you have to have some interest in Siakam. Like Barrett's, Barrett and Quickly can help spread the floor a little bit. Maybe that op- opens things up for Siakam. If he's still going to get his shots up, I, I still have interest there. 
Uh, Scotty Barnes d- does a little bit of everything. He's in play as well, but he's he's the most expensive here. So I, I slightly lean to Siakam. Um, and like I said, I'm, I'm probably avoiding quickly and Barrett in this spot. I think we're going to play him a bunch down the stretch, but probably just wait and see until their, their minutes stabilize a little bit. So just for what it's worth, I watched a little bit of the game because I was curious how the rotations were going to kind of play out. Um, I think a lot of people were kind of curious. And watching that, like Siakam, he he was just dominating Cleveland. And they kept putting Jared Allen on Jakob Podol. And I, I hate to say it, but like Okoro just, I mean, they just didn't have the size to match up with Siakam. Um, so I... Okay, I don't want to like necessarily say we should pump the brakes on what we saw from Siakam last game, but I'm also sitting here saying we should probably pump the brakes um, from what we saw. I don't know if that was just like matchup driven or not, but I think this is a, a much different spot with like Triple J being on a guy like Siakam. Um, you know, so assuming that everyone's good to go, Biombo gets Podal, and like we see Triple J and Siakam go at it. Um, I just don't know if that was matchup based. That's all I was kind of getting at. Fair point. Um, I'm with you on quickly and Barrett. I, I want to kind of see because, like, whose minutes go away? Like Gary Trent. I mean, eventually, like, is that who's going to lose the minutes? Um, Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, yeah. That's like, are those guys going to get down like the 20 minutes and like Barrett and and quickly get up into like the 35 minute role? Um, because like. They're playing Barnes and Siakam. They're not taking these guys off the floor. Um, so I think if you're looking for Toronto, Barnes or Siakam are the two guys you're looking at. Watch the ownership tomorrow. Um, obviously, we don't have projected ownership up the night before, but if Siakam gets a huge bump because of what happened last game in ownership, I can easily go away from that. Um, not saying that Triple J is a great defender by any means. Um for what it's worth, but it is definitely a better size matchup. And I could, I mean, like, does the role change for Scotty Barnes is something that we're going to have to kind of pay attention to here. Um, they have more ball handlers now. So just kind of watch. We're going to be watching this over the next week or so week and a half um, to kind of figure out what, and if anything that, you know, we like for Toronto moving forward. Uh, the Memphis side of this game, Ja got help to the locker room. Like he he landed weird on his knee, um, in that right before the half in the in the second quarter, right before the half they helped him in the locker room. He came out and he played, um, and then Derek Rose left the game and didn't return. It's a back to back. Didn't expect Rose to play the back to back anyway. Right. Um, but the John Morant thing is interesting. Marcus Smart just had his worst game of the season. Um, as someone that had point props for Marcus Smart everywhere. Um, he had his worst game of the season. It'd be really interesting to see what happens here with Morant. Like, was it a bone bruise? Um, I mean, we'll have to kind of see, but if Morant sits, it opens up some stuff here. He came back and he ended up playing normal minutes to finish the game. Uh, what do you like here for Memphis? Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't expect Derrick Rose to play in this spot, regardless of the injury. Just an old guy on a back-to-back, they probably would have sat him anyway. Now that he's a little banged up, I think he definitely sits in this spot. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I'm necessarily targeting anyone unless we get additional guys out here. Like if Josh sits, then it's a, a completely different story. Obviously, you can play Bain and Triple J for ceiling. I would love Marcus Smart in this spot if Ja were to sit. Um, and then the backup point guard, I think that goes to somebody like 
Maybe Luke Kennard gets a little bit more run. Maybe a guy like John Conchar steps back into the rotation. I think Vince Williams might be my favorite candidate to, to see more minutes if Jaw were to sit in this one. Um, 4,300 for Vince Williams. I, I think you could play him as a value play depending on what, what, what else opens up. But if everybody's in but Rose, then I probably just don't have a ton of interest here. Slower paced game. You can play Jaw for ceiling for sure. Bain's price came up a little bit. He was 8,200, I believe, on, on Tuesday night. He's up to 8,500. So I, I don't mind going back to Bain, but that price is getting a little bit prohibitive. Uh, so prob- probably Marcus Smart would be my favorite play outside of Jaw if, if everybody's in here. Yeah, um, <laughs> it pains me <laughs> <laughs> to go back. Oh, and like his his point prop moved like a point and a half throughout the day. I was like, man, I got this at the right number. Um, happens. It happens. That's the best part about the NBA, right? All right, New Orleans at Minnesota, two twenty-three and a half total here. The Timberwolves, a six and a half point favorite. Um, New Orleans on the second end of a back-to-back, if you want to call it that. They beat Brooklyn so bad that um, they didn't have to play their guys in the fourth quarter or even close to it. Minnesota side, Clark remains out, but nothing really to note here. Um, we should mention on the Pelicans, Trey Murphy did end up sitting on Tuesday night against Brooklyn. Let's start with the Pelicans. What do we like here for New Orleans? Not much. Uh, Minnesota's a really tough matchup. They're the best defensive team in the NBA. Um, slow, slow-paced game here. If Murphy comes back, that I mean, I don't like pricing didn't necessarily adjust. I don't think uh, everybody like Herb is still kind of cheap. Alvarado is still really cheap. We saw him get a decent amount of run. That could have been partially blowout related as well. I believe he had 22 minutes in that in the Tuesday night game. Um, so I don't know if everybody's in here, I just don't have a ton of, ton of interest in a really tough matchup against Minnesota, tough game environment overall. So, okay. I know I talked about this yesterday and BI was one of my favorite like props yesterday on his block steals at one and a half. And he got one really early in the game and then disappeared. I'm going to go back to that here, assuming that it comes back in at one and a half. Minnesota has the third highest turnover rate in the NBA this season. Great defensive team, but they have the third highest turnover rate in the NBA. They're behind Utah and Detroit. So good potential steal spot here. Um, And I I don't know. I just Ingram has been very active defensively. So if it comes back in one and a half, I'm going to try to run this again and make my money back. But I'm with you on the DFS side. I don't have a ton of interest here unless some people start getting ruled out. Um, there's just not a not a lot to love here. Minnesota's a great defensive team. And then on the Minnesota side, I don't really love anybody on this team either. Like Edwards is 9,100. He's a guy when he's shooting lights out can go for 60-plus fantasy points. Cat um, is someone when he can stay out of foul trouble, has some upside. But realistically, if I was going to play anybody here, probably like a Rudy Gobert. Um but I don't even necessarily love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't have a ton of interest in this Minnesota side either. Like I said, it's just kind of a tough game environment. Sure, Ant could find a ceiling, but he's not going to be one of my my favorite spends up on on the slate by any means. Like I certainly prefer the the Milwaukee Indy guys. I, I prefer Donovan Mitchell if I was spending up here. So probably don't get to Ant a ton. Cat is just I don't know. He's he's tough to play. Uh, just coming back from the injuries minutes are starting to tick up. He, he got 32 in the last game, which was good to see, but I just don't think this is a spot I'm chasing cat. So probably out on this Minnesota, just out on the game altogether. If everybody plays. 
we move on. We got Brooklyn. They're playing basketball against Houston. Um, they didn't play basketball on Tuesday night. Uh, there wasn't a total out for this game. Let's see if it has popped up. 222 and a half, and the Rockets are a six and a half point favorite here. Uh, Dylan Brooks out. Easton questionable. Oladipo remains out. Um, I forget that Oladipo even plays for Houston sometimes. Let's go to the uh, Brooklyn side first here. Second end of a back-to-back. They, I don't even know what to think about this team after what we saw on Tuesday. Yeah, I mean, and this is another brutal matchup. Houston is another slow-paced team that plays outstanding defense. So, I don't know. Back-to-back for Brooklyn coming off a dud. Like, I don't have a ton of interest here. I think you could play Cam Thomas just hoping he gets – gets hot off the bench and sees a little bit of run like scores 30 points off the bench type of game, but it's not like, not like high interest in him by any means. It's just trying to find a play here just, just to say something. It's, it's not a great spot here for Brooklyn. (laughs) Just a terrible (laughs) spot. Oh man. Um, Yeah. Just bad taste in your mouth when it comes to, to Brooklyn in general, after what we saw Tuesday, Claxton, yeah, I don't know, man. Like he he just disappeared in the first half. Like everyone kind of disappeared in the yeah. first half of the Brooklyn game. Like, and that's why Tim Johnson was decent, but that's about it. Like, it, it was a really rough game, and then they get this this really tough matchup on a back to back too. So it's it's tough to get on board here. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want to play anything for Brooklyn today. So, uh, the Houston side of things, like. Now, like, Sangoon has gotten to the point where he's so pricey, but, like, you love the the necessary, like, upside. Uh, We should mention, like, Jabari Smith. He came back and played on New Year's Day, played 27 minutes. Um, I assume they bump him back up over 30 minutes in this game. What are your thoughts here on Houston? Yeah, it's a really good spot for Sangoon. Brooklyn struggles against centers, so I, I think he can go back there. The price tag is is rough, but like he does, he just does everything. He triple double upside in this spot. Assuming that he goes back over thirty again, like I don't know what that. It was a blowout against Detroit. I think that that probably affected his minutes. I think you see him comfortably in that like 32, 34 minute range in this spot. Assuming that Brooklyn can keep up with anybody at this point. Um, outside of that, not a ton of interest unless Tari Eason were to sit. Then and even then, I I don't know. Like I'm not targeting Jason Tate. He just doesn't do enough while he's out there. Jabari Smith's price is up, and I'm not sure that they're going to give. Like if you, if I knew Jabari Smith was getting 34 minutes in this spot, I might be interested. But he hasn't. He hasn't. After he missed a couple of games, he hasn't seen that that level of minutes here recently. So probably just Shengun for me here on Houston. Yeah, you think like with Brooks out too, you'd be like, oh, maybe the minutes are available, but like it's tough. All right, yeah, so we got, and Eason, oh. Eason's price is kind of adjusted for that. Like Eason's playable, yeah. but he's he's appropriately priced now for his role without Brooks. Yep, we got Portland at Dallas, two thirty four and a half total in this game. The Mavericks, an eleven point favorite on the Portland side. Aiton remains out. Moses Brown is questionable. Kamara is questionable. Reith is questionable. Simons is questionable, and Robert Williams is out on the Dallas side. Exum is doubtful. Doubtful Cleaver is out, but the biggest thing that we should note about the injury report is Kyrie, who returned on New Year's Day, is not on the injury report, played 32 minutes against Utah. We kind of figured once he came back, 
he would be good to go minutes wise. They weren't going to rush him back, but let's start here with Portland. Really tough team to break down the night before because we're potentially we're potentially looking like Aiton's already out. His backup is Reese, who's questionable. His backup is Moses Brown, who's questionable. I don't even know. <laughs> like we saw what Abuya Baje play twenty three minutes against Phoenix the other night. Like he might be the last man left. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> In this spot, the one good thing that like Portland does have going for them here is like lively. I think Jabari Walker could potentially match up with lively if needed. Yeah, I like the Jabari Walker call at, at 5,400. It's not comfortable, but I like if you get even one of Moses Brown or Duop Reith out, Jabari Walker's in play here at 5,400. I think he gets some, some significant run at center. Um, I have some interest in Abu Baji if. If uh, even one of Reith and Brown are out, if both of them are out, Baji might be the best value play on the entire slate. Like I assume, I guess they could start Walker at, at the five, but Baji's going to get run at the five for sure. Um, Simons is the other important one. I have some interest in Scoot Henderson. If uh, Anthony Simons sits again, we've seen him play a bunch of minutes in the last couple of games without Simons. Uh, he's 34 minutes. Like He's been over 35 34 to 36 minutes in the last three games. So, and, and showed off a ceiling against the Spurs. I know it was obviously a, a fantastic matchup, but I'm not scared of Dallas here. I'd, I'd have interest in Scoot at 6,300 if Simon sits. If Simon's is in, I think he's the guy that you target. Um, I'm not messing with Brogdon or Grant. I don't trust the minutes from veterans on this team, really. I think it, it's Simon's. If Simon's is out, it's Henderson. And then I think you're looking at the big man situation, depending on how the injury report plays out. If everybody's in, then you're probably looking at Moses Brown with a, a start and playing less than 20 minutes and do up Reith coming off the bench to play 20-ish minutes. Um, I think Reith would be my target. I know Brown is cheaper and he would probably be the starter, but I just don't trust them to run him out there for even 20 minutes at this point. We've seen it enough. Uh, so Reith, I think, if everybody's playing, would be my my big man target here. Uh, if one of them sits, though, Baji's the guy I'm looking at. Yeah, just a, a tough spot in general. You know, we, gosh, like Reith, like that last game against Sacramento, like you said, came off the bench and played big stints in the in the first and second half, like kind of closed out. So, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is a spot we necessarily want to target a lot of Portland players unless we get a lot of people out. And then if we start getting a lot of people out, like you know, talking about like bad Baji he probably doesn't necessarily come off the floor in a blowout. Like he probably yeah, gets a blowout run. Um, yep. So, and I wouldn't necessarily expect him to play, but like their blowout squad, their last blowout game was Kamara, Wainwright, Baji, Murray, and Mace. So just to kind of throw that out there, Dallas side, Luca's 11, five. I am playing Giannis over Luca 10 out of 10 times today. Um, just when we're looking at Same. like these high price guys, love the spot for Luca. He should smash here. But the problem is like Kyrie's back, and now Luca's eleven five with Kyrie back. We saw it the other night. Luca had a great game and scored fifty fantasy points. He's gonna his assist his assist rate's gonna be a lot higher because he's gonna have a lot of more open assist opportunities. But I think this is just one of those spots. I, I'm gonna probably pass on Dallas um, as a whole. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I think they're going to blow out Portland in a spot. Like, Dallas is back to full strength almost, and they're a much, much better team than Portland. So I think Luka destroys while he's out there, but I'm just concerned about him getting even 34 minutes in this spot. Like, he really – he might not play the fourth quarter at all. I think it's – there's that much threat of a blowout here. Uh, Kyrie is back as well, so that limits the ceiling, even if Portland somehow does manage to keep it close. Probably staying away from Dallas also. Yeah, it's so weird the other night against Utah with them getting blown out. Lucas still played 35 minutes in blowout and checked out early in the fourth quarter. Um, Kyrie checked out early in the fourth quarter, playing 32 minutes. But, I mean, just overall, with Luca and Kyrie playing together, like, the usage is going to be gone. Exum being out, potentially, like, so we should note, like, if Jaden Hardy draws the start for... Exum, maybe you could potentially take some shots on him, but I mean, you're still playing with Luca and Kyrie on the floor together. Yeah, if you're I hardy. really, and he's a guy that has to score to get there. Like he'll yep. he'll dish out some assists, but you really need that high usage rate from Hardy. So if he if he's starting next to Luca and Kyrie, I'd I'd be really concerned about his usage rate. Yep. All right, moving on. We got Chicago going up against New York. Two twenty and a half total here. The Knicks. Eight and a half point favorite Chicago second end of a back to back. The Knicks side, Mitchell Robinson remains out. Um, on Chicago, like we kind of don't expect Vooch to play. You know, they said that he's gonna be out for a while. Um, we should note that like Levine is getting closer. I don't know if he'll necessarily be back for this game. We should also know that Kobe White hurt his ankle in the game on Tuesday, and Patrick Williams left with an ankle injury in the first half of that game. Um, Chicago could be very, very shorthanded in this game. And I'm actually kind of shocked that there's a lineup for this game. Yeah, I think they are going to be shorthanded here. I, I don't think Patrick Williams plays. He did not come back into that game. Kobe White did return, or at least return to the bench. Um, so I think there's a decent chance Kobe White can play. Um, I, I don't think he's missed a game all season. He's, he's kind of a guy that just guts it out like he should be out there but Vooch Levine and Patrick Williams out there's still value to be had here um I don't hate playing Kobe White if he's good to go assuming that is um I think you can look at Io Desunmu as well uh he played 32 minutes after Patrick Williams left there should be upside on his minutes so Desunmu is a guy that I I don't mind targeting for value um and then Dalen Terry is the other yeah. one who saw some pretty significant run 3300 uh Without Patrick Williams, you could definitely get some Dale and Terry. Yeah, I like the Terry call. Um, and you and like anybody that's ever played sports, you know, like you hurt your ankle, the next day is always worse. Um, yeah. so if Kobe um, White like rolled his ankle or sprained his ankle or something, there's a there's a chance he sits. I, I mean, like Chicago's awful again. Um, and like they're missing a lot of pieces. Let's let's say let's say Williams and Kobe White end up sitting in this game. I think Dusunmu we... starts then at that point. And yeah, and I think Terry awesome plays value. a good amount of minutes too. Um, yep. My my question is like, if that's the scenario, like, do we take shots on Drummond at eighty four hundred? I mean, I, yeah, I, it I feels think gross, like but it does. <laughs> this is a guy we were paying four K for less than a month ago. Uh, but if he's going to keep getting 20 rebounds a game and like no Mitchell Robinson on the other side, so it's still not a great matchup 
against the Knicks, and they're they have a new rotation as well, which we're, we'll talk about in a minute here. But yeah, I mean, he's in play. Like somebody's got to score on this team, and I don't think it's going to be guys like Desunmo and, and Caruso putting up a ton of points. So it's going to be DeRozan. It's probably going to be Andre Drummond. Listen, the Knicks keep slipping down the the list as far as defense against centers. Um, yep. I mean, they're still they're still a solid defensive team against centers. Don't get me wrong, but uh, just man, Drummond could not get anything going in the first half of the Philly game, and still ended with thirty six fantasy points. He still ended with eleven seventeen game. So, I, I think if like if White is out, we're definitely taking shots on AU. Um, we're taking shots on Terry at 3,300 in that scenario, but I, I just want to like note, like as like puke as it sounds, I might take some shots on Drummond. I, I would rather play Andre Drummond at 84 than DeRozan at 86. I know that sounds crazy, but I, uh, Drummond is capable of a 2020 game. DeRozan can score 35 actual points and not beat me. So. Uh, let's go to the next side of things here. You know, again, we got OG coming over. What are our thoughts here on the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, 35 minutes for OG on that New Year's Day game, his first. I mean, we know Tibbs runs the guys out there. <laughs> I was so. gonna say, are <laughs> we really that shocked? <laughs> yeah, no, not not even a little bit. Um, I think you can you can pencil OG in for 35 plus minutes in this spot. At 5,600, I, I have some interest here, especially if the Bulls are, are really shorthanded. Um, I think it's a good stock spot for OG, especially if Kobe White is out and you get like Dasunmu handling the ball and maybe some Javon Carter. Like OG could put up a bunch of stocks. So 5,600, I'm, I'm certainly interested there. Um, I don't, I just, I'm having trouble paying this price for Randall here. I, I know he's been pretty good here recently. Slow paced game though. The Knicks play slow, the Bulls play slow. Knicks have been playing a little faster this year than they did, um, last but there, it's still a slow paced game here so i don't know if i'm paying up for brunson and randall it's probably on an ob is my favorite player that was really interesting like the josh hart role the other night against minnesota um they used him as like a filler player but he ended up playing like a really solid role um he checked in for og then og checked back in he stayed in there for um uh brunson like brunson checked back in he stayed in there for DiVincenzo, um, I thought it was interesting they started DiVincenzo. I know he ended up only playing like 26 minutes in that game. Um, I think they Knicks will prefer closing with Hart and eventually closing with OG. Um, so I think like DiVincenzo's minutes are going to get bumped down even more. But Brunson, Hartenstein, and Randall's minutes are just some of the most secure things you're going to find in NBA DFS. But Hartenstein at 5,900. I don't think he's the craziest play. Brunson and Randall, if they're going to be low owned, you can always take shots on them in tournaments just because they play a gazillion minutes a night. Um, Randall's been playing really good, like Keith just said. You know, he looked really good the other night with OG on the floor. So, all right. <laughs> One of the ugliest basketball games on the slate, but hey, um, it's always fun. We got Detroit at Utah, two thirty-nine and a half total in this game. The Jazz, seven and a half point favorite. Detroit broke the losing streak finally. <laughs> um, Morris is out, Stewart's out for Detroit, and then on the Jazz side of things, they're good to go. Uh, let's start here with Detroit. What do we like here for the Pistons? 
Yeah, two thirty nine and a half is a, a big, big total here. It's because total. neither of these neither of these teams play defense. So I think there's some some DFS goodness here. It's going to be a sloppy, ugly game with a lot of turnovers, but I think there's some DFS goodness here. Um, you can play Cade for a ceiling. Duran, I think, is definitely in play. Um, the minutes concern me a little bit. Uh, he was in foul trouble the last game against Houston, only played 22 minutes. He had been playing over 30 regularly before that. So I think as long as he stays out of foul trouble, he should get back up into that range. I've actually been playing a lot of Bojan Bogdanovic here recently. Um, Didn't work out in that game against Houston. They got blown out. This should be a closer game here against a bad Utah team. I'm interested in Bojan. Um, Probably runs out there for upper 30s minutes, assuming that this game is close. Been, the usage looks really good. I, I, I'll have some some Bojan. Outside of that, the, the rotation is really tough to figure out. Uh, it's part of why I like Bojan. I just I know he's going to get the minutes in a close game. I can't say the same for anybody else. Ivy is has a ceiling. Is he going to play 30 minutes is the question. Um, if he does, I think there's ceiling here, especially in a good matchup. So it's really the top four that I'm interested in. I, the Kevin Knox has been starting. I don't know that I trust him. Like I could see him start and play 20 minutes and that that's all you get out of him. He did have a, a pretty nice game against Toronto where he had played 30 minutes and, and put up 27 DK points, but 4,200. Like I, I just don't trust Kevin Knox. Yeah. So his minutes are just all over the place. Um, yeah. I like the spot for Detroit. I think this is a Cade Cunningham like ceiling spot um, for what it's worth. I, I think that, he could have a really big game here and he's priced like really fairly. Um, so both Utah and Detroit are awful defensively, like he said, but they're also really bad against guards. So Cade is a terrible defender, but so is Utah. Um, so I think that Cade is someone we want to look at here. Um, I already wrote down that I want to see what his point prop comes out at, because I think this is a, a high point type spot for him. Outside of that, I don't mind the Bogdanovich call. I don't think you can really trust anything else, but like in tournaments, you could take shots on Duran. You could take shots on Ivy. Utah side. Gosh, I really want to play whoever starts at center because, you know, this has just been a spot. Detroit. Detroit's up there now with like Washington and Charlotte as far as like how bad they've been against bigs this year. I, I think Market and Smashes. Um, it's just, gosh, he's been, some of these games have been blowouts recently and like, he's been a little inconsistent. If Kessler draws the start here, I I have interest in him. Um, I know like Utah messes around with their lineup a ton and it's really tough. Collins has been starting at the five recently, but then only playing like 18 minutes. Like, yeah, it's, it's a disaster of a rotation to try to project, which makes it really tough for DFS. Like, you can't even trust the starters to play 20 minutes. It's a, it's a real problem. It, the one guy I feel the best about getting minutes outside of marketing, I think you're safe there. Like he, he should get his 30 minutes. Uh, although that hasn't been the case here the last couple of games, um, potentially blowout related that game against Miami was kind of close though. And he still only played 26 minutes. So definitely a, a very volatile rotation. It's hard to trust anybody here. I think Clarkson could absolutely go bonkers in the spot. He had a, a great game against Dallas. He's only 6K. Um, you mentioned Cade's defense on the other side. Like, I think it's a good spot for Clarkson at 6K. I'll, I'll take some shots there, but it's it's really hard to trust anything else on, on this team. 
Um, I agree. I, I want to play the, the big who's going to get the minutes, but we have to guess on who that's going to be. What would I tell you if Cade Cunningham's point prop came in at 22 and a half? I would tell you to bet that right now. I already did. All <laughs> right. Because um, I always check before we get started. Um, I like debated on, I might even take like his alternate points over 30 in this spot. Because I, I think this is a really good spot for him, but I'm with you on Utah. Like, <laughs> you want to you want to play something here, but you can't trust anything. Um, yeah. Like even like the other night, the first half or the first quarter of that game, Fontecchio like had 20 fantasy points in the first quarter of that game. Um, so like you can't really project that to happen all the time. Clarkson came off the bench. I don't know what to think here as far as like the starting rotation for Utah. Um, it worked the other night against Dallas. They blow them out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, like just... Collins and Dunn both started in that game and neither one of them played 20 minutes. Like, what do we do with that? <laughs> I mean, Collins didn't check back in. Um, and like, he didn't play a lot in the second quarter either. Like he's been playing. It looks like he's been playing like four to five minute stints maybe sometimes six minutes since and like he's kind of on like nick's nick claxton role where he plays like you know five or six seven minutes and then checks back out and checks back in gotta love it um man i want to play something here the one thing that i will note about that dallas game the other night clarkson had a massive usage rate off the bench so like if they do bring him off the bench he's playing with guys like keontae george walker kessler kelly olenic like Maybe we play Clarkson off the bench at 6K in this amazing matchup. Yeah, I think Clarkson is my favorite target here. Like, he's going to get at least 25 minutes, and we know he'll, he'll chuck when he's out there, especially when he's with the second unit. If he's not on the floor with, like, Markkinen uh, or even Sexton, like, he's going to have all the usage. So I, I, Clarkson's my favorite player. All right, we got Clippers at Phoenix to finish out our – slate um i know there's the heat and the lakers and the magic and the kings but the sites are leaving those 10 o'clock games off which doesn't make a ton of sense but hey it is what it is 233 total here clippers a three point favorite in this one uh we do have news that kevin durant is already ruled out damian lee is out for this one and then little is available let's start here with the clippers they're good to go full fully healthy team rolling right now james harden's been playing really good basketball his price has kind of come down to 8700 now um Kawhi leonard has been playing really good basketball um i'd be lying to you if i didn't tell you that um i bet the clippers win the championship the other day when i like saw these guys start to click um i think they're a really scary team in the west and they're just getting rolling so what are your thoughts here on the clippers yeah, I mean, ever since they moved Westbrook to the bench, it's just started to work for them. They look they look really solid, so I, I don't hate that bet at all. Um, DFS-wise, it's it's kind of tough. Like, I think Harden is my favorite. Now that he's the most expensive, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, it's it's Harden or Kawhi, for me, is the guy I would target in this spot. Uh, like, George seems to be the third option. He he just he finds the floor more often than those the other two guys, I think, so... Harden's slightly ahead of Kawhi, but really close there. Um, don't have a ton of interest outside of that. 
Josh, I hear you on the Phoenix Suns. I like the Phoenix Suns, but I, I got the Clippers. I think it was like 15 to one. And I thought that was a really good number to get them if you're going to bet them. So, um, and I don't necessarily love a lot of futures when it comes to basketball because injuries matter so much. But like a 15 to one Clippers team might finish the season at like five to one, eight to one. Like, like if, if Kawhi. James Harden and Paul George all stay healthy. Like that's three guys that can create their own shots um, on one team. So they're a good team. All right. Phoenix side of this game, Kevin Durant out big news here. As far as KD being out, what are we looking at here on Phoenix? Yeah. I mean, Booker is the guy you target for ceiling. Not a, not a great spot against the Clippers here. They've been really good on the defensive end, even with the addition of Harden, um, so it's it's a tough spot for Booker, but you take KD out, he should have all the usage. Assist rate should go way up as well. Um, 9,400, tough matchup, but I, I think you can play some Booker here. Beal at 6,900, I think is in play as well. Should have significantly more usage with Durant off the floor. I don't know that I'm looking much deeper than that. Metu is the guy, I think, who steps in for Durant. His price is kind of adjusted now. He's up to 5,100. He's still playable, but I just, I, there's not a lot of ceiling left at 5,100 uh, for Metu. Eric Gordon, maybe 5,500. Again, I, I don't love the matchup here. I think it's primarily just Booker that I'm, I'm pe- spending up for, just hoping for the, the ceiling game, but I, that won't be a priority for me. Um, kind of similar to like an Ann Edwards, like just not a guy I'm going to play a ton, but in 20, 20 lineups, I might have one or two Booker. Booker is averaging 1.38 fantasy points per minute with Durant off the floor of the season. That's a fair enough number to definitely get some exposure to him. The other guy I want to mention is Nurkic. Nurkic is around 1.2 fantasy points per minute with Durant off the floor. Only got 25 minutes the other night in the Portland game. The game was not even close. In games that are not close, Nurkic is not going to play 30 minutes. He's one of the first guys off the court in blowouts, and if he hardly ever checks back in. If Nurkic gets 30 minutes in this game, I could see him going for like 40, 45 fantasy points. 7,600, 45 fantasy points seems nice. Um, like his production with Durant off the floor. It looks like his rebounding rate goes up. Um, so that's always great too. So, And he's a guy that like will get those offensive boards. Um, Beal playing the minutes, but like just not doing anything besides scoring. And you just need more. Like So if you're going to mess with Beal I think you mess with him in the in the pick him or prop street and then Matu I don't know if he is going to play enough minutes but again like 26 minutes in a blowout game he's a guy that plays with a ton of energy so like you're probably getting a little exposure to him um in large field tournaments if you're playing a lot of teams all right, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Favorite play under 5X to go, or 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? I think this guy's going to play whether Kobe White plays or not, uh, because I think Patrick Williams sits here. Uh, give me Io DeSunmo at 4,900. Not a great matchup against the Knicks, but should see the minutes. Yeah, that's who I was going to pick. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and – I need injuries to kind of go my way, but give me TJ McConnell um, for Indiana. I, I want to see Numhard and Brown sit. Numhard seems like he's on the questionable side. Um, he tweaked his back mid, like a, he has a back sprain. So we'll see. Um, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust? 
I'm going to go with Luca here in this spot. It's really dangerous because if Portland manages to keep this game <laughs> close, he's going to absolutely smash. I think Dallas blows him out at 11-5 with Kyrie back. I, I don't think Luca gets there today. All right, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> if if... <laughs> No comment. Uh, <laughs> Don't at me when he ends up with 80 tomorrow. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Anthony Edwards, 9,100. Tough spot going up against New Orleans. He can light it up against anybody. Averaging 42 fantasy points and two outings against this team this year. Give me Anthony Edwards to go under 5X. Favorite 6X play here. We both love this guy. Jared Allen is in an absolute smash spot here against Washington. Just love the matchup. Dude's been crushing lately. I think he uh, he puts up another monster today. Dude, and like when we were talking about that game, I was like, I know where he's going. Um, <laughs> I am going to go all the way to the top. I think Giannis is the top play on the slate today. I think he goes six x at eleven nine, which is a lot of fantasy points. So give me Giannis. I don't think this is a fade Giannis spot. I think this is a plug him in as much as you can spot. So we'll see. Uh, let's get weird. GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Give me Baji, the center from Portland. All I, right. I hope that one of Reith or Mo- Moses Brown plays because then Baji will not be chalk value. If both of those guys sit, Baji is probably going to be pretty popular here. Um, but I want to play him even if one of those guys is in because I still think he gets a little bit of run. Looks like he's going to be a decent per minute producer. I know he didn't do a lot with his 20 whatever minutes of run in the last game, but a couple games before that, he, he looked to be a pretty solid per minute producer. So, a little bit of an unknown there, but I'm I'm willing to, to roll the dice on some Baji. I'm gonna go towards like the upper tier as far as um like when we're looking at pricing. And I think Cade Cunningham is gonna go overlooked on this slate. I think he's my let's get weird GPP play of the day. I think Cade has upside to go for 60 plus fantasy points in this game. Uh any pick and plays, bets, props that standing out to you. We have gosh, I failed so hard on the first podcast of the year yesterday. Um, I got crushed in the in the pick 'em and prop world on the show. Um we discuss, discussed the Jared Allen rebounds. That that was definitely one that I had interest in had interest in, saw that at 12 and a half. I think there's upside for like 20 rebounds in this spot for Jared Allen. Um, so that's the one I had written down here. Just that works. Let me, I'll refresh and see if there's anything else that popped up while we were on the show. But th- yeah, that's, that's the one I like for sure. All right. We'll, we'll plug in more than 12 and a half rebounds for Jared Allen. And I'm going to plug in more than 22 and a half points for Cade Cunningham. Let's bounce back and get us a nice little two pick play here on prize picks. Appreciate everyone hanging out with us really quick. Josh and chat. Thanks for hanging out with us on YouTube. Um, if you haven't already subscribed, but he said Boucher, Boucher with Precious gone for Toronto. I know we didn't necessarily talk about that a lot, but I wanted to note like he only played 11 minutes the other night in a really close game against Cleveland when you would think they need his size. It seems like they're just going to play Siakam and Barnes as many minutes. Jacopoto played 37 minutes. So I don't think on a 10 game slate, I want to touch that. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I just I don't think he gets the run there. Like it's definitely going to be Schroeder and Trent off the bench. They've been running uh, McDaniel's out there a little bit, trying to see. Yeah, he played 17. Even McDaniel's played more than Boucher. It's a, I, I think he you just can't until you see say, solid minutes out of him. I don't think you can play him. 
All right, that's going to wrap it up here for Wednesday. We're back tomorrow with the football podcast. We got week 18 football. Keith will be joining me for that. That's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of situations to talk about. A lot of situations to talk about, honestly. But a lot of um, who's sitting and who's not sitting situations to talk about as well. Let's uh, end it with a positive note here and hope that we get back on track with the pick and plays. Hope everyone has a fantastic Wednesday. We'll see you again tomorrow.